Welcome to the Blood Brothers Podcast with Ben Steiger and Eric Metz. In today's episode, we're going to dive deep into this concept of no lone wolves that we've mentioned before in past podcasts and the role each of us play in developing, cultivating, and participating in a community of Christ followers. So Ben, help us understand this concept. We've mentioned it on podcasts before, but what do you mean by no lone wolves? Yeah. Well, Eric, as men, we have the tendency to go it alone, to do things on our own and to not show any kind of weakness. And we believe that there is strength when we don't need to ask for help. That one views us through a particular lens of, dude, that guy is awesome. You know, but what a sham and, and what a lie, yeah. especially for those who yeah. can, can see through it. We created a film a couple of years ago now. It revolved around a solo adventure that I had in the Colorado Rockies. And I was miles and miles from nowhere and from nobody or from, from anybody. And it was kind of this... uh this quest that I had set out on, not to prove myself to anybody else, but to prove myself to me, that that I could face fears, that I could overcome obstacles, that I had been equipped with the abilities to survive in the backcountry uh, with just my skills and, and what God would give me or provide for me, speak to me. And uh, it was an awesome experience. But at the beginning of that film, uh, it starts out by saying the lone wolf has long been an iconic figure in one's pursuit of manliness, a figure often elevated to the realms of legend. You know, we have celebrated as a culture the, the lone wolf, you know, the man that is able to go it alone. But man, Eric, we have come to recognize that the lone wolf is a sham. <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's a lie. It's it's something that uh, that sounds good, and, and at times it feels good, but we know that it's something that leads to a life of desperation, a life of unfulfillment, a life with a lack of passion and purpose. And ultimately to a slow death. And so when we talk about uh, no lone wolves, we're talking about the fact that we were not created to be alone. So Eric, you've gone through Blood Brothers multiple times. You, you've led guys through this community, but you've also you know, taken part in other communities throughout your life. But when you consider this no lone wolf aspect, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. I'm glad you called out culture because that to me is the biggest like barrier, I think, and struggle that, that I've had as far as, you know, not having a dad growing up. I'm like, what does it look like to be a man? Like, who should I be and how should I live and things like that? And I feel like culture did almost give me a picture that was like, well, I need to toughen up and I need to prove myself to be a man and do things by myself. And, and, as being now being a Christ follower now in my, after college and all that, I'm like, I've got to retrain my mind on what does it look like to live a successful life? What does it look like to be 
truly a man's man and 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 uh actually the story just popped in my head just now about I've spent some time with the Lord in my listening quiet time and he told me that real men show emotion and just the mm-hmm. fact just that alone of having to express myself and and having needs and you know sharing my emotions and being emotional and and needing a community of men to come around me to you know comfort me or help me or process or whatever like over the years community has been like everything and and it's it's been you know going through the blood brothers challenge and going through you know this ministry I just love this concept and I'm glad we're doing a podcast on it because I want to just emphasize it so much to to the, our listeners that we need community and, and I've needed community and blood brothers has provided that especially you know at during seasons different seasons of life we have different needs and just another story for me is you know going through the child rearing phases of fatherhood like you're focused on work and family and then you're surviving and you're just getting through and you're doing all that. And, and I came out on the other side of, of that season with, I've had guys in my life, but just not to any depth really. And, and really to where I felt a brotherhood and, and that's where blood Brothers stepped in and, and was able to provide that depth and raw and real community that is refreshing and has really impacted my life tremendously and just having brothers I can talk to and text and ask for prayer and lean on. And so when you say no lone wolves, I'm like, yep, I, I do not want any man to experience that. I've experienced it ups and downs in my life and, and different seasons and such a, such a need when it comes to becoming the man that we're designed to be. And as I study the word and as I get in and relate with Jesus more and he speaks to me more he is constantly telling me to pour into others as well as get poured into so yeah that's what comes to mind yeah yeah so. you know and it's not blood brothers way you know it, it was Jesus's yeah. way yeah. you know and so we're not we're not celebrating <laughs> yeah. yeah blood brothers or, or this ministry you know blood brothers is all about helping a man tap into his godly potential through a deeper relationship with Jesus. And there's multiple different ministries. There's multiple ways and nobody needs a a ministry, you know, to tap into a brotherhood or to tap into their godly potential. Blood Brothers has served as a tool for us and for many, but our focus is on Jesus, you know, and it's on the man that he was, that he, when he walked this earth, you know, how he lived, how he communicated, how he related, you know, how he expressed emotion, how he expressed frustration and sadness and joy, all these different things. But he, he often did it in community. There's very few times that he was by himself. One time he was by himself and, you know, the enemy uh, came to him, you know, tempting him. And, you know, and that was purposeful for, you know, what God wanted to accomplish through Jesus's testimony. The other times that he was by himself, it was during times that he had retreated to invest in his relationship with the father, to make sure that he was in tune with the father's voice. But all other times, man, he was investing in others. He was surrounded in community. 
And, you know, years ago, we used to do an event called Triple G, Guys, Guns, and Grills. And uh, we would do this event multiple times throughout a season and have multiple groups of men. And oftentimes, we would end the event with a panel of men sitting in the front discussing what it means to be a real man. And we would have individuals from the crowd shout out, what's it mean to be a man in today's culture. And these guys would, you know, just, just throw out, throw out words, but Eric, in your mind, what are things in today's culture that, that are manly, you know, and, and one of those things often is going alone or, uh, you know, providing, having different things, toys and having the job and the wife and the kids being strong yeah. You know, just just all these different aspects of what the world says is manliness. Yeah. What What are some other things that come to your mind yeah. in regards to our culture? Um, being tough, not crying. You know, suck it up, push through. No weakness. You know. Yeah. No weakness. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good call. And I think too of cussing, being you know being raw, like being like almost like careless almost being like i don't care about other people i'm gonna do my own yeah, thing con and, condescending and you know like we feel powerful when we put others down yeah. and yeah, yeah just like yeah you can't mess with me you know just the tough guy mantra a little bit mantra a little bit just like i'm i don't need anything i'm good you know kind of that type of mentality and it's such a lie it's <laughs> yeah. such yeah. a it's such a uh you know, when you, when you do that, you're going to be alone. You're not going to have good relationships. You're not going to really get fulfilled. Your desires are not going to be met. You're going to be wanting. You're going to be left wanting. And that's where, you know, Christ set this whole thing up, this whole creation up that we're a part of. And his ways are way above our ways. And so prepping for this podcast, like, I was just thinking of just different verses that come to mind and, and a lot, this verse is interesting and it's a lot, oftentimes quoted at, at weddings, but it's Ecclesiastes 4.12 and it says, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold yeah. cord is not quickly broken. Yeah. And so when we think about, you know, just the, just going through life and life is a battle life is and how are you going to prevail you need another person and you need three which he infers here and how i'm interpreting this verse is god is that third person and you need other people you need another other person in your life and especially the third chord being god it's like you know it's not easily broken and so mm -hmm. We, we by ourselves throughout this life will be easily broken. And I think that's the lie and the, the, the facade that a lot of guys put up is I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm tough. I'll figure it out. I don't want to show emotion. I don't need anybody. But on the inside, they're broken. Yeah. On the inside, yeah, they're struggling. You got it. You got it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm re reminded of uh of what i am studying for i get to preach here in a few weeks only for five minutes top i get to preach at our our series preach it and uh, sweet that's top cool. five speech speaking for for five minutes but i'm speaking on pride and you know as i've been unpacking mm -hmm. uh, pride further 
than what I what I already understand it. You know, the, the lone wolf syndrome comes from a sense of pride. And, you know, there's three elements that, you know, identify pride. It's uh, arrogance, certainly, you know, an arrogance of superiority. It's a, a vanity, you know, that is more concerned about what somebody else thinks over what God thinks. And, you know, a conceit that elevates one above others. And many will say that it's the original sin. It is man thinking that their way is better than God's way, that that my way is better than God's way. You know, C.S. Lewis says that pride is the essential vice, the utmost evil. You know, pride is what lies to us or what gets us to fall for our own lies that believe that we have what it takes to do it on our own. And from the very beginning, you know, in Genesis, God says that it's not good for a man to be alone. Relationship is uh, reflected to us through the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We cannot do this on our own, so much so that God had to send his only son to die for us and to show us how to live, how to give, how to serve, and how to to be individuals that can bring value to those around us. And so the lie of pride uh, says that we can do it on our own. And man, when we get away from the word of God, when we get away from the fellowship of his people, for those of us, you know, that, that are saved, that recognize Jesus as king, carnal man starts to take over, you know, our flesh, right? Our flesh starts to speak and our flesh feels good and validated by doing things on our own. And the more that we do things on our own, the more that we push away from our godly potential and push away from our relationship with Christ. And it's not long before, you know, we're just experiencing that, that feeling of unfulfillment, a feeling of loneliness and of depression and fear and frustration. Mm. And then we start acting out and we become straight up jerks. And uh, man, it's, it's a sad reality of where so many men are. But the crazy thing is, is that most people, most men don't want to be there. And Oh, I love seeing. So unpacking uh, just Monday night, the other night, we had a map check here for our my blood brother's braid. And uh, we were talking some, you know, about what it means to be a lone wolf. And, you know, so we're still in the first month of the blood brothers challenge. You guys are still acclimating to this new world, this new brotherhood of guys that are being vulnerable of recognizing that, holy cow, I'm not the only guy going through life, going through all these problems. Here I thought I was, because nobody ever talks about their struggles and their weaknesses. And uh, so guys are opening up. They're starting to recognize that they, they aren't isolated as individuals with this struggle and that struggle that, man, pretty much dominantly, every dude struggles with a lot of the same thing, sometimes in different ways. And as they start to unpack this, they start to recognize how they 
have themselves been lone wolves. And the further they unpack it, they recognize the freedom that they're finding and being vulnerable and being open uh, to other men. And they're finding a deep strength, you know, so here they thought it was a weakness, you know, to, to show weakness, to, to show vulnerability. And in turn, they're actually finding a strength and they're being set free and they're experiencing what God's word has promised them. And they couldn't understand why they weren't experiencing these levels of freedom and of fulfillment that they thought that they could and they thought that they should. But as they let go of, you know, the, these man-made constraints of, uh, I have to do this on my own, they're finding great strength. Yeah. And, and yeah. I believe that's, that's where the father's yes. at, right? Yeah. I mean, and there's great connection when you can relate, right? That's just human nature and just something, a part of who we are is as we share and realize that other people are sharing the same experiences, struggles, and even victories, there's connection and there's deeper connection and, and, and love that can be shared and, and given and received. And, and as you were talking, I was thinking of two things. The first one is, you know, the enemy wants us alone and feel alone so he can mess with us, put, put us down, and to uh, steal, kill, and destroy. In mm-hmm. Peter, it talks about, you know, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so if we're by ourselves... And we're not sharing, we're not connecting in community, we're not being vulnerable. He will devour us and he will, you know, just think of like a lion and how it eats its prey. It doesn't go after the big pack all in one big, you know, attack. He's looking at the periphery to see, you know, of the of the herd of animals. He's looking for the outsider, the outlier that's by itself to go after and, and surprise attack and and that's why Peter describes him as a lion. He's trying to devour mm-hmm. people and and get people to destroy themselves. And so I was just reminded of that uh, analogy there of the lion. And and thankfully, yeah. we serve a lion of Judah. He's also referred right. to God the Father is referred to as a lion, and he is our protector and provider and will will be there to roar back and to continue to fight for his kids. And so that was the first thing that popped in. But the other thing that popped in too was, yes, we're challenging our listeners to evaluate, you know, are you in community and find community and don't go it alone and and have that brotherhood. But I'm also want to challenge those that get this already. They already get that they need to be in community. I would encourage and challenge you if you already understand this concept, who should you be going after? Who has God put on your heart to go after and share and and bring into community and 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 cultivate a relationship with? And whether that's bringing them just into a one-on-one relationship, kind of mentoring and and a friendship, but also a community of believers could be a church group, could be brothers, could be whatever. Who are you going after? And are there people in in your sphere of influence who need to understand this concept and to be brought into a community so that they're not alone 
And so just want to yeah. encourage our listeners in that way too. Of if you understand this concept and get it, then then let's look for people that are lone wolves to bring in and encourage and cultivate relationship with. So Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you said it well, yeah. you know, the, the enemy is looking to to isolate individuals because he knows yeah. that that is where they are weak. You know, even in the wild and nature, a lone wolf eventually when he when he's pulled away from the pack, he starves and he dies. Wolves and nature were not created to go it alone. They were created to function as a pack, just, you know, as Corinthians and Romans tells us that we were created as a body, that we all have, you know, a role to play. Proverbs tells us, uh, 18.1, it says, One who isolates oneself seeks his own desire. He defies all sound judgment. Some translations say that he is a fool, you know. Everybody thinks that living in a cabin in the woods with nobody around would just be so incredible. And for a season, for, for a brief season, it might be something that God wants for you to restore an aspect of your soul. But if you stay there too long, it's straight up selfishness and it's yeah. sinful because God has created you on purpose for a purpose to love, to lead and to invest in those around you. Eric, I know you get that. You know, I know that's why you're doing this podcast. I know that's why every time before we start a podcast, you know, we said, man, how are you doing? You know, how, how, how are things with you and Margie? And you say, how are things with, you know, me and Myla? And we care. We want to invest in those around us because we've experienced something so good. Uh, and something so true that we know that if we keep it to ourselves, that it is downright sinful. And so not only is it a pride issue, not only is it true weakness being a lone wolf, but man, it's selfish. And you're robbing those that matter the most to you and others of what God intended to share through you by isolating yourself. And so when we say no lone wolves, we, we don't mean it just for you, but we mean it for those around you. God wants to use you. And if yeah. you withdraw, uh, man, you are preventing God from using you in the lives of those around you. So no lone wolves, Eric, I can't afford to be a lone wolf. You can't yeah. afford to be a lone wolf. And gosh, no. man, our, our brothers and our sisters, cannot afford to be lone wolves. We need to be fed. We need to be nourished and we need to feed and we need to nourish those around us. That's great. I think you summarized that well. Any other thoughts before we wrap things up, Ben? That seemed to be a good yeah. summary. Oh man. We, we get in seasons of, we get in seasons of being plugged in and we think we need to take a break. If you take that break, Make sure that it is a focused retreat on your relationship with the Father so that He can restore aspects. But then know that you can't afford to not get right back plugged in. You know, we have guys go through Blood Brothers, or I see guys go through other different groups or ministry things. They get plugged in, they get on fire, and they feel like they served their time and they withdraw. And when they withdraw, Oftentimes, they don't come back until they've experienced an aspect of death that they don't want in their life. So we were created for community, not just for a season, but for a lifetime. And uh, I want to encourage our listeners to take that seriously. 
Well, thanks, Ben, for your time and just unpacking this concept for us and appreciate it as usual. And with that, thanks again for listening and have a great day.